close and I went back recently and they had just passed away. I felt like I'd really made a mistake. I'd just gotten there too late. Um, but it, you know, it was one of these things that we have that happened to us in our lives that we don't expect and we don't really recognize the, the impact. I planted my first garden there and planting that garden was that kind of that second step to this kind of this agrarian kind of sense. I mean, I was raised in Houston as a city kid, uh, but there was something about that direct relationship with a package of seeds and turning the soil and planting the seeds, weeding the garden that really you couldn't go back. You, you got to only go forward from there. You can put work into it and see a result, which not everything in modern life is like that. Yeah. It is a direct relationship of work, effort, and return. And it has to do with the cycle of the year, and the years repeat themselves. It's, it's kind of a calming thing for somebody who's concerned about why we got here and what we're doing. And it allows us to get away from the anxiety of life and get into the action and really be engaged. So you actually studied plants in college. Yeah, I, I said, I, I want to study agriculture. So got to University of Arizona at Tucson as a horticulture student and graduated in 1974. And while I was at University of Arizona, I went up to the north coast of California and visited San Francisco and Napa and Sonoma. And um, I was uncertain of exactly how I was going to use my degree in horticulture. And I went on the deck of Sterling, the winery uh, north of St. Helena and south of Calistoga. And I stood on that deck like so many tourists had before and after me. And I was just, boom, it hit me. This is agricultural Yosemite, the native natural landscape coming and hitting the man-made landscape. Hit me very hard and made me sense that, well, why don't I study viticulture? So I graduated and moved to France and said, oh, I'll find a job in France, easy. And after four weeks of looking for a job, I still was jobless, and I was starting to feel like I'd made a big mistake. And then I headed north to Burgundy, and I was fortunate to get an introduction with the head of the Chevalier de Tastevin, who I regretfully cannot remember his name, but he gave me the list of 10 people, and I went down the list, and the first nine rejected me um, wholeheartedly with gusto. And uh, the 10th was Jacques Sess, and Jacques said, well, Lee, let me check with my wife. She's in the hospital having our first child. That's Jeremy Sess today. So I went back to our hotel, and I was quite anxious. And he was good enough to offer me the job. And um, the domain was really he and three employees 
me and two other hands and uh we did everything from all the vineyard work to all the cellar work to all the bottling and the fermentation and it was a mind altering experience jacques could not have been a more magnificent mentor the other two employees got 30 liters of wine in their pay a month and I, I looked and I said, I don't need 30 liters of wine. He said, well, you can have six bottles of wine out of my cellar. And Jacques' father was a great gastronome, a very successful business entrepreneur. And Jacques had both his cellar and his father's cellar combined there at Maurice Saint-Denis. And he probably was the only person in Burgundy who actually had a bottle of wine outside of Burgundy in his cellar. He had a very international, which was quite unusual at the time, international group of wines. He was very generous with that.